give us some men who know the truth. And who will declare the truth. And who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards. And who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I'm serious. We are in trouble today, children. We are in trouble today. Yeah. And it's not my fault. It's, it's, it's not my fault. It's yeah. not me. It's the Lou that you gave to me. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I knew I had something to do with this. <laughs> see, see, see. I, I, it's not my fault. It's, it's, it's like why I keep breaking up all these old stories. I'm that abusive husband. Why do you keep making me hit you? <laughs> <laughs> well... Ab- Spousal abuse is not funny. Domestic violence is not a laughing matter. If you are in a bad relationship, get out and seek help. Okay, there's your disclaimer. I feel like I'm one of those ABC after-school specials now. Uh, all right, we're off the rails. It's not my fault. Lou's over there. It's his fault. It is. It is. <laughs> I, I take all blame. So we're going to have fun today. We are here to tell you that, you know, it, it actually doesn't take that much to hold the line. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. And and so, ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Ooh. Ooh. Yes, ooh. Mr. Carter. Ooh, ooh. no. <laughs> <laughs> I have, <clears throat> because we're talking about the Germans again today, hmm. but for once, it's not all their fault. Okay. I say for once. All right. Um, I got feedback that helped us out. Oh, we did? Yes. Somebody actually emailed us? Well, texted. It's okay. Okay. It's, um... You, you, um, this helps one of the conundrums we had from last week. Oh, okay. Germans in Nebraska. Okay. Remember, Walter Brueggemann is from Nebraska. Right. And I made mention, like, why are the Germans in Nebraska? It's flat and ugly and it doesn't look anything like Germany. Why are there Germans in Nebraska? What'd they say? So there's a reason there's Germans in Nebraska. Okay. Okay. There were Germans in, the, in Missouri along the river valleys in the hill country of Missouri. Okay. That you know, like um, Adolphus Bush... Um, the Budweiser people, all the beer makers in St. Louis and surrounding areas. Those are all German families. That was an area very similar to the Rhine Valley. So they settled there because it reminded them of home and they knew how to make a living in that type of environment. Okay. As the Western territories opened up, now I knew Germans had migrated north into the Dakotas. The Germans and the Swedes had made their way up into Wisconsin and, and Minnesota and North Dakota and all that way. Hey. <laughs> wow. So, but apparently, a very large segment of the German population also migrated into Nebraska when the territory opened up because of its fertile farmland, and they needed to find better ways to make a living. They expanding populations. They needed more territory and more land. So when the Nebraska territory opened up, a lot of the German families, even though it wasn't like home or anything like that, migrated west into those areas because they could make a good living there, growing crops and selling them and doing all that good stuff. Okay. So that explains why there are Germans in Nebraska. The proliferation of Germans in yes, Nebraska. Yes, which, rule of thumb, whenever there's more Germans, it's always a bad thing. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Make a, make a bad comedy movie. What accent does the bad guy have? You're right. No, you're right. I mean, if we need to have the villain in the film, we will always give him this voice. Because <laughs> maybe you need to spend a little time in the cooler. I mean... <laughs> French German? No, 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 no. It is not French German because you, you will never have the French villain. This just does not sound wicked enough. It does not sound menacing. This sounds like I need to read you the wine list, not. The wine list? I mean, oh, see, see, remember, the key to a good accent is to have your key phrase. Mm -hmm. So for this, oh, 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 now I am in the mood for having the French accent, even when we soften it. But this does not sound like the villain who is going to chill, kill your children and steal your land. This sounds like the man who's going to make you a wonderful souffle. He cannot be the villain. However, you spend a little time in the cooler, and now I do sound like the villain. I will burn your house down to the ground and take all your land. See, I am the bad guy. See, it just fits. Okay. It just fits. I don't make the rules. I just live here. He's channeling here, <laughs> folks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a day. <laughs> so before we get to the Germans having a not a completely terrible day, let's establish why it could have been a bad day and why it's sort of a good day. Sound okay. good? Let's do it. Okay. Third John, you know it's a good day when you're in an epistle that has all the 15 verses in it, right? Yeah. You know, well, you know hey, that's a good day. It's got some truth in it. So we are jumping in. So he's writing to a church, official, official show position, so it is written, so it shall be done, mm -hmm. that the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Gaius is leader of a church, might be a house church, might be a church church, I don't know, I don't care. Just like Second John written to the beloved lady and her family, that's a church too, so... John's writing to churches and people in churches. This is right. good news. Right, right. So 
He's uplifting them, he's encouraging them, and then smack dab in the middle of it you get to, I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. Bad Diotrephes. He's a bad person, okay? That's a good name for a kid. See, Diotrephes was probably German. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me. (laughs) So, we don't know what the previous writing is. Might have been 1 John. Might have been Second John. Might have been a letter we don't have. We just know that there was previous information communicated to this church, and Diotrephes doesn't like it. Right. By the way, he's not German. He's Roman. We have no idea who Diotrephes is. Right. So that's just one of those things lost to history. Just know he's a bad guy. Why is he a bad guy? He likes to be first among them. So he likes to be first among the church. This is literally, literally... I'm not using literally like the millennials or Gen Z where I'm figuratively using literally. This is literally the exact opposite of what Jesus commanded. <laughs> first will become last. Yeah, right? first will be last, last will be first, die to self, you know, don't seat this uh don't seek the seats of honor, but you know, seat yourself at the end of the table and then be honored. You know the drill. There's yeah. like twenty seven parables. Pick your favorite, go with it. This is not how you're supposed to live. Right. So you know, Proverbs warns you about this. There's there's all sorts of problems. He doesn't accept. He, one, he likes to be first. Two, he doesn't accept what we say. Now, 3 John is written by John. John is an apostle. Right. You, you don't get to not like what the apostles teach. <laughs> that's, right. that, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, they're firsthand eyewitnesses. Yeah, when the apostles go, hey, this is what Jesus did. This is what that means. This is what the Holy Spirit has inspired. You go, cool. Mm-hmm. You, you turn into the turtle from Finding Nemo. Cool. Totally. Yeah, I, watched, I saw that a while ago. <laughs> Sorry. Don't ask My me why that. My grandkids watch that. I've never seen that movie outside of a doctor's office. Yeah, well. You like when you go to the pediatrician, they got that little TV in the corner and they're playing some kids' movie? I watched Finding Nemo. It took me four doctor's visits with the kids to see the when whole they were thing. first born to see the whole movie. And it's like I would come in, but like, oh, good, good, I haven't seen this part yet. And like, because you know, you know, you have an appointment at 3, so you get there at 2.15. Or you, or you have an appointment at 3, you get there at 2.50. And you don't get seen until 3.30. Right, at least. So, That's how it works. So I get like 45 minutes in here to watch this film. It's so aggravating because I come the next time and be like, no, no, I've seen I've seen this part. Yeah. Fast forward this. <laughs> yeah, hurry. Can, there's nobody else in here, you know. <laughs> they never they never do. They, they never, never do. do. Yeah, I saw several movies like that. I saw like Toy Story 4 that way. Um, Finding Nemo that way. I saw Curious George that way. Yeah, that was- <sighs> Yeah, I got I got a lot of grandkids, so I get to watch all those movies <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, no, I, I try to I try to check out. So, Diotrephes does not accept what is taught. He is rejecting the apostolic authority, which means he's he's rejecting scripture. Which means who does Diotrephes think is the authority? Diotrephes thinks he's the authority. Right. This is never a good place to be. For this reason. If I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this. He himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. This dude is batting a thousand. Yeah. I mean, one, give John credit. If he manages to show up, he's going to have a knockdown drag out with this dude. Mm-hmm. That's awesome because by the time John's writing this letter, he's old. Right, but he's still fighting the good fight. Huh? Yeah, he he's pulling a Caleb. Again, one of my favorite Old Testament characters. Yep. Although characters makes him sound like somebody, somebody, something somebody made up. It's one of my old favorite Old Testament figures. There we go. Mm. That sounds more more like you have to read the Bible with your pinky up. He's he's an Old Testament figure. 
Because he's like 85 years old, and you know, yeah, he, he's just been wandering the desert for 40 years, and he's ready to fight. Man. He, he was one of the good spies, and he's yeah. gone through the wilderness, and now he's gone through the land, and he's fought at Jericho, and he's fought at Ai, and he's fought all through the land, and he's marched all the way to the northern end. He's like uh, Joshua. Um, God promised us some land down there, you know, by Hebron, and I'm old. So I want to go kill some people before I die so my family can take possession of the land God promised. Are we good? Yeah. And Joshua's like, yeah, we're good. You know, and then Joshua turns into Billy Crystal from The Princess Bride. Have fun storming the castle. (laughs) Totally see that. You can see that, can't you? Yes, totally. Caleb's just like, I got to go kill some guys. You're like, you're 85. Yeah, I know. I got some grandkids. We're going to go kill some people. It's going to be good. (laughs) If God loves us and has granted us peace, he's going to let us kill these pagans. I mean that's that's the Reader's Digest version of his speech. Like you know, if 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 God if God be true, then I'm gonna go wipe these dudes out and take possession of the land. And he does with like three kids and eight grandkids. It's just you don't yeah, think it yeah. through. But he's like, I'm gonna go conquer a city. Bye. Yeah, as long as they stay faithful. <laughs> yeah, Ak- Aiken blew it, but you know. Yeah, yeah, Caleb's awesome. So yeah, apparently John is gonna channel his inner Caleb, and he's just gonna show up and, and he's gonna crack some skulls and and and, and lay down some law here. <laughs> <laughs> Lay diatrophies down on the altar, you know, come off the top of the balcony. Yeah! <clears throat> Drop the elbow. So anyway, I would pay money to watch that. I mean, seriously, they tried to boil John in oil and it didn't work. Right. This I, dude I does not I'd, care. Yeah, I would, this dude, he does not guy. care anymore. He's like, when God wants me dead, I'll be dead. Till then, I'm your problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. So he's going to call him out, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, this goes back to your Matthew 7. You know, you use the same standard. You remove the log. You remove the speck. You do all of that thing. But keep in mind that he's going to confront this because unjustly accusing us with wicked words, not satisfied in this, he himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Once again, literally the exact opposite of what Christian fellowship is supposed to look like. Yeah. This is not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is not love for one another. This is not you know, holding up brothers. This is not any of the one another's that you're supposed to be doing. So if you were going to design a pastor or a member of a church in a lab to be the poster child for how you're not supposed to act in church, and then you hit print, you would have diatrophies. Yeah. That just didn't, in a nutshell. So now that John has done that, beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Keep in mind, they're going to read this letter at the church. So after just laying out who Diotrephes is, they're going to be like, oh, and John's like, oh, by the way, don't do that. Right. Don't live like that. Live like you're supposed to live. As Paul told you, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. You walk contrary to the world. You walk in the newness of life. You put on the new man. All, none of these theologies are new, but this is what John is building that's on. interesting because that's exactly what John did. He exposed yeah. the wicked deeds and he made it known. And then he said, don't, don't yeah, be like that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do dumb that. things. Yeah. <laughs> don't imitate what is evil but what is good. That's, that's very good theology for today. It, it, yeah, if only we followed that. Yeah. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. That's okay, interesting. That's basic, right? Mm-hmm. Why are you living like the pagans? Why are you living in the muck and mire of your sin? Because you like it. Because you don't know any better. Why well, aren't you striving to right. conquer your sin? Now, keep in mind. Right. Okay. Slight off-ramp. Okay. Do you see, put the turn signal on? We good? We're good. Let's do it. Why are you not striving to overcome your sin? Why are you not striving to overcome your sin? 
okay? Mm-hmm. We're not asking for perfection here. No church should be asking you of perfection. No pastor right. should be asking you of perfection. I'm asking for effort. It's like, it's like if, you, if you've ever coached, I, I, I don't need you to be better than you are. I just need you to be as good as you can be. Right. That's all I ever ask you to do. When you when you have, I used to um, used to coach uh, little league football for and coach offensive defensive linemen, and for little kids online, you're talking about eleven and twelve year olds. It's like I just need you to try. Right. Just just try. I don't expect you to be great. I don't need you to be JJ Watt. I, I don't need you to be Lawrence Taylor. I just need you to try. That's part of the Christian life. I don't need you to defeat sin at every turn, every day. You know, waving your sword, standing like you know King Arthur wielding Excalibur. I need you to show up in war against iniquity. Right. I mean, sometimes people, I don't think they recognize that the Holy Spirit dwells with them. And then when they entertain things that aren't right, when they participate in things that shouldn't be participated in as a Christian, that we're grieving the Holy Spirit. We don't, we act as if he's not with us and in us. We, I mean, truly, I mean, if you're going to, if you knew that the Holy Spirit was dwelling with inside of you, and you were looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at, or contemplating a you taking. Know. You you wouldn't do it if you if you really believe that he was in your in you. In you know, you're just you're not fighting, right? And that's why I, I've said that's this why before. you got to strive for yeah, it. You get learn to love the fight, right? Because that's what you get in this life is you get the fight against your sin. Yep. There is coming a day when in Christ. Your your salvation will be complete, right. and you will be freed from the very presence of sin. Right. But that day. It's not, yet. not today. It's here now, but not yet. It is guaranteed. Yep. It will come to pass, but it is not here right now. Therefore, you fall in love with the fight because that fight is your offering unto God. Right. That fight is your good work that you live in day in and day out, among others, obviously. Well, you got to pick up your cross on a but daily that's basis. That's what you do. So if you're not doing that and you have no desire to do that, then that says something about the internal motivations of you, which is probably not something you want to be said about you. Right. Not a good place to be. That's right. That's true. Now, by comparison, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. So, again, we have no idea who Demetrius is, but you know what? He's a good dude. How do we know he's a good dude? Because he's lived it out. We've seen it, and we know. So, Diotrephes, not a good dude. Demetrius, good dude. Kids, when you grow up, be like Demetrius, okay? That's right. right. There's your goal in life. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where we get the good bad news from the Germans. (laughs) Go Germans, you said. Yeah, yeah. I put little mini titles on these when I said Lou, the little little cheat sheet that I have you. I mean, what else do you title this? I mean, when have you ever rooted for the Germans, seriously? Outside of like a random soccer match, maybe on occasion, one time. Have that you day, ever? I don't know. Have you ever rooted for the Germans ever? I don't know. I don't think I personally have, but. I mean, when you even study when you, when you, when people even study World War II, like the Germans are the only people. The Germans of World War II are the only people capable of getting Americans to root for the Russians. Think about that. Like, go Soviet Union, because that's the whole Eastern Front is the Germans versus the Soviet Union. Which, right. if you ever want to have some real fun with World War II research, go look up the death tolls on the Eastern Front. Millions. Tens like 30, of millions. Million, I thought, like, right? Yeah, for, it, 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 oh, what was the straight? I saw the comparison one time. It's like for every soldier that died on the Western Front, so like for every British, French, or American soldier that died, like it was like eight, ger- or eight Soviets died. On the Eastern Front, it's it's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's in, I mean, just unbelievable. In massive battles, you're talking about battles between, you're talking about million man battles yeah. on each side. Where, like, a million Soviets with tanks a- along the front and, like, 900,000 Germans on the other side. And they had a battle. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, Bloody. It's, it's unbelievable. So, anyway, so go have fun with that, kids. It'll do you good. Mm-hmm. All right, here you go. Liberal Catholic bishops but in Germany. Is what's the word for a triple oxymoron? Oh, I don't know. Liberal Catholic, liberal German Catholics or German liberal Catholics. I mean, isn't that all the same thing? Yeah. Just curious. Failed to approve a document changing the church's teaching on sex and sexuality. Oh, it's like an all-out battle on this whole thing across the whole world. They're fighting this fight. Well, I mean, we've joked in the last couple of weeks. Like, is the Pope Catholic? Like, are the Catholics Catholic anymore? Seriously? Man. Makes you wonder. I mean, I'm you could read the catechism and find where they're not adhering to their own, you know, that's what I'm saying. spiritual I mean, are, documents. Are, are the Catholics Catholic? Uh, I doubt it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm getting and to And I don't point. think that a lot of Catholics are even studying their catechism and know well, this what way. the well, stance was. And that's actually good news, believe it or not, because I've, you, you've heard me say this. And we've, I have said I think there are a lot of people sitting in pews in Catholic churches who you're going to see in heaven. Simply well, because, wait yeah, a minute, right. simply because they are bad Catholics. Right. They're not reading the catechism. They have no clue what the church teaches. They are yeah. just sweet old people who love Jesus yeah. and have never left that church because that's the church that they have been in like right. nine generations back. Exactly. And that's where they go for communion, and that's where they sit, and they do the whole up, down, left, right. It's their legacy. And they offer prayers, and they sit in that pew, and they love God, and they love Jesus, and that's as far as it's ever gone with them. Yeah. That, again, they are saved because they are bad catholics they are not I following should, a false i used to gospel. tell my wife that all the time why did we get in arguments about that <laughs> yeah i can't imagine i why. had to change up my tactic and just start <laughs> reading books out loud and when i was writing papers in seminary i'd have her read it and because they had a theological uh, uh impetus you know for it so the things i wanted her to learn but she wouldn't receive from me directly i would write it in a paper oh, and I'll say hey that. could you critique this for me and see how i could <laughs> yeah. write that better and next thing i knew it she was she was she was starting to understand yeah. where I came from. It wasn't an argument anymore. So, so yeah, those people are not these people. Right, right. These, these are the bishops. These are the people that know better. Right. All right, the 30-page document entitled, again, are these people Puritans? I mean, if you, if, go look at Puritan titles. They, those people could write a title to a book. Yeah. yeah. Life and Succeeding Relationships, the Principles of Renewed Sexual Ethics. Renewed. Yes, renewed sexual ethics. That's that's some loaded language. That word renewed is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that title there. I think so. So this sucker was brought forth to a vote at a meeting of the German Bishops' Conference Synodal Way. I don't even know what that means, but in Frankfurt Thursday. Hmm. So they had a they had a vote. The resolution to approve needed a two thirds majority to be adopted, but it did not meet the threshold. Go Germans! Yes. Go German bishops! Yeah, I was rooting for them. The document would have radically reformed the church's teachings around same-sex relationships, gender identity, and masturbation, among others. They had to throw that one in there. Well, they, they haven't missed it. <laughs> I mean, they didn't want to leave That's that like out. That's like one of the first, but let's be honest. Okay. If you have sensitive ears, you may want to like do the little 30-second skip on there. But let's be honest. The churches, the Roman Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church's teaching on masturbation is like the first theology that every 13-year-old Protestant boy knows about the church. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 I mean, you. I mean, it's it's a it's a what do they call it? Um, 
I mean, Monty Python wrote a song about it. It's a sin it. that leads to damnation. Yeah. Monty Python literally wrote a song about it. Yes. I love Monty Python, but I don't remember the song. You're better off. <laughs> You're better off. So, <laughs> but so, so that's included in here. We are convinced that it will not be possible to reorient. I'm sorry, reorientate. I don't even think that's a word. That's like conversate. If, okay, second off ramp real fast. You converse with people. Right. Conversate is not a word. It is actually not a word. We have made it a word because we're stupid. But you have a conversation. In having a conversation, you are conversing with right. someone. Right. You are not conversating, okay? Reorientate. No, you reorient. You orient yourself towards something. You don't orientate. I'm going out on a limb and saying that that is not a word either. <laughs> okay. If I'm wrong about this, then I will take my lashing from an English teacher. I don't care. I'm dying on this hill. <laughs> that just screams of conversate to me, and I'm, it just bothers me. Okay. And I'm not really yeah, like— Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm not really—here's so your German reference. I'm not really a grammar Nazi most of the time, but— then you have the gra- – every school has a grammar Nazi. Like that person in your class who's like, that's not how you say that. Right. I had a friend of mine in high school who used to say, he shall unsheath the flaming sword of grammar. <laughs> <laughs> you had some funny friends. So, yeah, I can't imagine why I am the way that I am. Yeah. So, But that just bugs me. So it is not – it will not be possible to reorientate pastoral care without redefining the emphasis of the church's sexual teaching to a significant degree. The redefine without redefining the emphasis of the church's sexual teaching. Time out, real quick, Christian. Don't answer this for the liberal Roman Catholics. Mm -hmm. Answer this for yourself, okay? What is the emphasis of your sexual teaching? And I'm curious. Answer this at home. Again, you know, this is this is the pop quiz portion of the program. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of your teachings on sexual ethics? Yeah, maybe send us uh, an email. <laughs> the reason why I'm asking is because if your answer is anything other than to glorify God right. and to pursue righteousness, you have the wrong answer. There it is. You have the wrong answer. So process that. Liberal Roman Catholic German bishops know that. They know the purpose of church teaching is to reorientate mm. <laughs> people towards God. They don't think that's possible unless we redefine the emphasis of the church's teaching. Or, possibly, they don't want to do that, which means we re- need to redefine the emphasis of the church's teachings because it's no longer about God, and it's now about exalting self. Well, I, I see the Roman Catholic Church, and I mean no, no offense, as a heretical group. Agreed. And they're bankrupt from the beginning. So I, this doesn't surprise me, but this is not this unique is, to the Catholic Church. This is no, going no, on this is not everywhere. It's what you would expect, and, we, and we've talked about this before also. What's the point of being able to excommunicate people if you can't uphold the line on your teaching? And I'm serious about that. No, yeah, it makes no difference. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to change the line the at whole, some point, I mean, what the whole point the of line? a structure yeah. like the Roman Catholic Church is that it is basically a massive, unmovable ship. So it's, a, it's an institution unto itself. It cannot be altered. That's, the, that's the, one of the arguments for the Roman Catholic Church, meaning you are, you are immune and you are insulated from this garbage. 
because you are you are built upon so much tradition and so much legacy that it is impossible for you to pull the rudder and alter the ship's course. Right. That's the that's one of the main arguments for the Catholic Church. They're literally saying, no, we're going to throw that out the window. We need to redefine everybody. Yank that rudder. We're going to start doing wheelies on this pirate ship, and let's see where we come out with. <laughs> I mean, there's a mental image for you. You're I'm, I'm picturing it, man. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right. The document – I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong paragraph. This is why we are suggesting such a major reemphasis as we consider it urgently necessary to overcome some of the restrictions and questions of sexuality for reasons of sexual science as well as theology. Why do I suddenly picture that little, what's that, was it Dr. Ruth, that little old 90-year-old woman who used to be on like Oprah and whatever? Oh, I remember Dr. Ruth. Trying to teach you how to have better sex, and it's like, it's like, I don't want sex ed class from my grandma. Right. It was just always, always creepy. Yeah. Just always creepy. She was really funny. She was funny, but she was still creepy. Yeah. Like, I was a teenager when she was a right, thing, like, was, at 75 a, years old. I'm like, I think everybody was a teenager when she was an old woman, because I think she's been an old woman since, like, five minutes after Methuselah died. So. She's been around, huh? <laughs> German, too, isn't she? No, no she's no, Jewish. She, is she Jewish? Mm-hmm. Still, she could still be German. Well, you're right. Or is she uh, is She one of those Nordic countries? I don't really I'm recall, not looking it up. I know she was Jewish. <laughs> we're having too much fun today. I told you we were doomed. <laughs> so because of sexual science as well as theology, in other words, that, that, that whole the whole redefinition of scripture, you know, if we can redefine this, why can't we redefine that? Do you see why some of these things matter so much? Even the placement before theology, they, they uphold science as if that is the end all be all. That is your, your source of truth. It's well, not. for this group, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. In particular, the teaching that sexual intercourse is only ethically legitimate in the context of a lawful marriage and only with a permanent openness to the transmission of life has caused a wide rift to open up between the magisterium and the faithful. Now, if you don't know what that means because you're not a Roman Catholic, any sexual relationship, even within the confines of marriage, that is attempting to bypass the possibility of pregnancy is sinful mm-hmm. so that's why it says that's why this is well worded the openness to the transmission of life so well, birth control is out marriage um, is a sacrament to them oh great so they you know all the appropriation yes. this is a holy right to them now i'm not as i'm not as freaked out about birth control as roman catholics are mm-hmm. but again they have that stance as you said because the unmovable foundational traditions of the church hold marriage in such a high regard that the function purpose and outcome of marriage actually has a purpose yeah and to undo that would be to undo so many layers of theology that entire areas of the church i mean entire ministries of the church would fall down so uh lost my place this threatens to completely obscure other important aspects of God's good news, which could have a liberating effect on shaping dignified sexuality. I'm not sure there's anything dignified about the Rainbow Warrior Brigade. Mm-hmm. Now, here's no, where I, I don't. Here's where the good news becomes slightly less than good news. You ready? Mm-hmm. A total of 33 bishops voted to approve the document. 21 voted against it. Three bishops abstained from vote from voting. All right, now, if, if you're thinking, I did the math the other day and I redid it again. They missed by five votes. Yeah. 
They needed five. Mm -hmm. They only needed five. Now, the leaders of the conference expressed outrage at the result. Delegates took the floor for two hours after the vote concluded, blasting those who voted to disapprove and claiming that the move would foment division in the church. (laughs) You have to laugh at that. So you didn't do what we wanted. How dare you? What kind of awful person are you to cause yeah. this division? You're, yeah, you're divisive. <laughs> you divisive Wait a jerk. Wait a minute. You just got mad because you didn't get your way, and now you're arguing with it. And I'm the divisive yeah, one. And I'm the divisive I'm, one, yeah. I, I love rhetoric. Yeah, I know. I love rhetoric. I, I, was, mean, I, was, I was amused at that, too. This is, this is impressive. I mean, that's impressive. The, the shameless depravity of that right there is how dare you not think like me and then but then to be (laughs) divisive while calling the other person divisive yeah it's i mean that's a level of shameless evil that you know i almost respect (laughs) i mean i don't want to live like that but right (laughs) i do respect that you are just so depraved (laughs) you are so given over to Satan and his minions that you're just like how dare you be righteous like who do you think you are who do you think you are a bishop in the church or something my goodness prude I mean, <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean what else can you say to that yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I almost I'm, 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 I'm slightly tongue in cheek here but I do actually respect this more at least if you're gonna be like this at least be open about it Right. It yeah, makes my life. Hiding. It makes my job a little yeah, bit easier. It makes my life a little bit simpler. It makes it a lot easier to realize. Oh, look, look, look! See, see, kids, this is the bad guy. See the one with the German accent over there? That's the bad guy. We don't follow him. So this is where you got the the title. You know, it doesn't take much to hold the line. Yes. Down. Right. Because yeah. I mean, and, it only, yeah, it only took twenty one people. And to by say, the no. way, keep <laughs> in mind. No, we're not doing that. Notice the reaction. They they throw a fit. Mm-hmm. They throw a little temper tantrum, like yep. you said. They threw a temper tantrum. This is what they've got. This is the best that they've got. So the first reform the German bishops pushed was for the church to honor all forms of personal sexual identity, including gender identity. Once once again, gender and sexual identity is not a thing. And if it is a thing, it's because you have sinned. But anyway, moving forward. The German bishops document also affirms non-binary and so-called intersex identities. Biological gender cannot be clearly determined in binary terms in some cases. By the way, yes, that is true. It is literally like a tenth, not even a tenth of a percent of all of humanity. The odds that you will ever actually meet someone who is born intersex, like genetically... Hermaphrodite? Yeah, but I mean, but even genetically altered where physical characteristics are one sex or the other, but the genetic code behind it is off. The odds that you will actually meet someone is astronomical. Right. It's, it's like right up there with being struck by lightning. It's interesting. And of course, now that I've said that, I'm going to find 27 people and be like, oh, I know a guy. Of course you do. Of course you do. Because the world is broken. But but you'd get my point. Um, Lost my spot again. Uh, The document states, noting that intersex people have physical and chromosomal variants, while transgender people have a difference of gender perception for their biological sex. See, those two things are not the same. No, they're not. One is an actual possible biological diagnosis. We can actually do genetic testing and figure this out. The other one is... I'm a dude, but I feel pretty today. I'm so pretty. Have Have you seen the Canadian shop teacher? No. I I, I don't even know how to describe it. No, was he in a dress or something? No, he is. Um, 
Well, he was in a skirt in one of the pictures. He was running a, a table saw for the students. Oh, my. And he's in, like, a sweater, and he's got these um, thick black glasses on, and he's got a 5 o'clock shadow, and he has fake breasts. They're, like, you know, like, you, um, okay, I don't even know. I don't think this would be an offensive term, but falsies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you buy the fake breasts, and you can put them on, like, a bra, and there's actually, like, gel inserted into the cup of the breast. Sure. They're, like, a quadruple H. Oh, so obnoxiously big. No, the, obnoxiously is not the word. Mm-hmm. They're, like, it, I, if I told you he was, it looked like he was smuggling two oblong beach balls under his shirt, I would be coming close to what it looks like in the description. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, you can you can't see this because you're listening to me, but Luke can see this. I mean, you're talking like here, like three feet of breast tissue, fake breast tissue under a sweater, and the Canadian government in the school district has been like, oh, he has a protected identity. You can't you can't do anything about this. It's mental. Yes, it is. That's not the same thing as I was born with a broken chromosome. Okay, which by the way, that's what that is. It's a broken chromosome something has gone wrong why has something gone wrong because sin corrupts and affects everything, everything. yeah i agree so i've never that's why i've never understood pastors that get upset at or try to condemn mental illness like brains break dude brains break all the time this canadian teacher would be a good example of this and by the way if you don't google it if you don't want to know but it's it's frightening looking and, and he's in a shop class teaching kids and it's just it's just dumb it's just dumb Unbelievable. so those are not the same thing. To try to com- conflate them to the same thing is dishonest at best. Well, that's what they're trying to do, though. But, but, it, but it's dishonest at best. So all the credit you got for being openly shameless earlier, you yeah, just lost you just all lost of that. lost all no, no, credibility no, no, here. No, I don't respect you anymore. <laughs> you're, you're back to seething and hissing in the shadows. I, I don't know. Can you can – you, so, so the, the, the Germans are trying to get the false theology, and they can't get it through the church. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As a church, we must respect the individual self-perception of the sexual identity of any person as an inviolable part of their uniqueness as made in God's image. And I would say, no, we don't. <laughs> no. You know what that deserves? Nuh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> That's blasphemous. So wrong. And they're saying, God made me this way. That's, well, in, That's what they're saying. I mean, that, God, that, in God's is, image. God, it, it, to them, God is gay. Well, we did that a couple weeks ago. Remember yeah, the trans, the trans god, the god of non-binary prayer thing. Yeah, that's blasphemous. Yeah, but this is why recognizing this and understanding where you stand on it is so important. <laughs> the document, <coughs> excuse me, the document went on to call for a radical reform of the teaching on homosexuality. Church doctrine declares homosexual acts as a mortal sin that completely separates the individual from God. Good, it should. Give the Catholics a little bit of credit. The document called on the church to reject that. Same-sex sexuality also expressed in sexual acts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a sentence. I can't is that therefore not a sin that causes separation from God and is not to be judged as intrinsically bad, the document declared. This is just straight-up mainstreaming of sin. Now... It's not just the 21 bishops when I say it doesn't take much to hold the line. Yeah, and that, that was this month that this article came out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, on the 10th. The reason why I say it doesn't take much to hold the line is this. 
if you have never okay let's let me let me talk to two groups here you ready all right okay group number one you have seen these issues before you have heard these arguments you have heard the discussions on this did we broach any new ground did we till any new fields not really was there anything in this that you listened to and went oh i hadn't considered it from that angle yet let me think for a minute or was this just the same regurgitated garbage that they have been running out there since what 92 yeah if not before no you're right okay that's group number one yep all right group number two now group number one don't go away we're gonna come back to you all right group number two let's just say you are pure as the driven snow and how you found us i'll have no idea and this is the first time you've ever been exposed to any of these issues. I don't think you're a real person, but <laughs> <laughs> if you are real and you exist and you're listening, we're just going to put you in group number two. Was there anything in that that you did not immediately come up with like eight Bible verses to contradict the emptiness of their arguments? No, I mean, all, the, all of God's word refutes that. So, all right, so group one, group two, let's come back together into a, a nice big powwow again. You ready? This is why I say it doesn't take much. Christian, when you are dealing with the world and you are dealing with this insanity, is that mm. a good description? Insanity? Oh, yeah. We're not asking you to be Martin Luther here, okay? You do not have to be Augustine of Hippo. You do not have to write theological treatises. You do not have to read dusty old books with your pinky up. You do not have to reorientate your brain in ways that you don't think are possible. You have to have basic knowledge of christian theology and history basic the stuff we would teach to children well that and basic reading skills reading in context i mean anybody can take a verse out of context and make it great make it mean whatever they want but if you if you just apply basic principles to reading any given piece of literature and say does this does the meaning that i'm taking from this fit what the author intended And that's why I say this is simple. When we talk about striving to live righteously, we're not talking about asking you to, like, hit an Olympic high jump, high jump, the pole vault. That's what I'm looking for. We're not asking for a pole vault, okay? We're asking for you, like, to take baby steps here. We're asking you to just to keep moving in your day-to-day life honoring Christ because let let me make sure I reset this. This is the best they got. These are the German bishops. Part of the article, go dig it up if you'd like. Part of the article was, oh, yeah, well, next month when we're at the Grand Synod, whatever they call that stupid thing. Yeah, we're going to go right to the Pope. When we're at the Vatican, we're taking this right to the Pope. Forget you people. These are the best of the best for their arguments. These are the the top-of-the-line guys in Germany, and this is what they've got. We need to let people live how they feel. Okay? Like, people's feelings is inviolable, and you don't get to tell them their feelings are wrong. That's the best they got! Mm-hmm. It, it, they've got nothing else. The same empty-headed, theologically vacant platitudes that they have been spouting for as long as they've been spouting them, probably back to the 50s when you get back into um, liberation theology, which is where this is all rooted in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's all they've got. They don't have anything else Christian, who are you? Why are you this way? What does that mean for your life going forward? Nail those ideas. Understand them and realize that when the darkness tries to come in, it doesn't have any power. The teeth are filed down. 
<laughs> this is the argumentation you're going towards. There's a um, there's a radio host that I'll listen to on occasion, and he said um, he doesn't do it anymore, but he used to do like um, he used to get a whole bunch of calls from like CNBC or not CNBC um, what's that what's that network that CNN owns HLN. He used to get a bunch of calls from HLN and MSNBC to go do, you know those stupid panel discussions they do where the host puts the four people in the box mm-hmm. and they all argue with each other about something idiotic? Okay. And he used to be called in to be the token conservative guy to argue with the liberals on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the reason I did it, he did like 80 of them in six months during oh, one man. election cycle. Brutal. It, yeah, it's brutal. He's doing multiple of these a week. But he's like, the reason I did them was he's like, I wanted to see what the argument was. Because I kept thinking, you can't. There's got to be an argument I don't know. Because all the arguments that I'm seeing aren't very good, and I can refute them and argue with them. So he goes on these panels, and he's like, "I've done all. I've done a thousand of these, and no, the arguments aren't any good. They they just hate God and want to sin all they want." That's exactly what I was thinking. It's just they hate God. Yeah, that's period. What, now here's the thing. You ever seen video of like a bar fight where like the, the the bouncer is a trained fighter, and then there's like some drunk dude who wants to fight him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that always go? Oh man, the drunk gets obliterated, obliterated because yeah. all he's got is what I'm just really angry and I'm gonna. Arr! And when you get angry guy on one side and trained guy on the other side, what happens every single time? Well, the angry guy gets his butt handed to him. Because when you're angry and all you operate from is hatred, what you what do you think about? You're blind. Exactly. I mean, you're just flailing. This is why, Christian, this is why you are commanded to operate in love mm-hmm. and to operate in compassion and to keep your eyes fixed upon Christ. Because when you do that, you remember who you are, why you are that way, and where you're going in light of those things. And then you can look at that person and go, oh, honey, you need so much help. Here, let me talk to you. And all they've got is hate. All they've got is anger. They can't win the argument because they don't have any ground to stand on. They are built upon the flooded foundations they are built upon shifting sand they have nothing right and they think you hate them too agreed so we need to show them something different and that's where the difference comes in that's why i say when i say it doesn't take much to hold the line that's what we're talking about that's right you are literally again i'm using this word precisely here you are literally just holding the line trusting the holy spirit rightly proclaiming and trusting god that he's going to do what he has promised to do which is carry you to a good end and to bear fruit in his kingdom. That This is what we're doing. And you don't have to have some grand dissertation ready to go. You don't have to have 37 Bible verses in the Rolodex of your mind. Not that anybody knows what that is anymore. <laughs> you know. I just pictured that. I really did. <laughs> we're spinning it. Because I know what a Rolodex is. You don't have to have 37 different Bible verses. You just have to have a general knowledge of who God is, what he has done, and why that matters today. And you can see this stuff and go, that's just ridiculous. <coughs> because it is. So, Christian, yeah. be prepared. How do you be prepared? By striving to walk faithfully in the here and now, trusting in God for your building up, studying your Bible. Again, not because you're going to win some grand debate, because you can faithfully faithfully proclaim who he is and what he has done. Right. So, anything we've missed? No, not at all. So, what have we learned here today, children? Truth can stand. It can. It can actually stand. Sin has absolutely no brake pedal. None whatsoever. And we must be ready to proclaim the light and the darkness. And that's not as complicated as we think. So, you know the drill. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Goodbye.